Hello and welcome to another edition of the Parker Parker Podcast with your host, Eric Vincent Parker. Peace, love, and respect to everybody out there. Thank you for continuing to support the channel and coming back to listen to an, to another episode. Happy to have y'all. Love y'all. And uh, shout out to everybody there. I did try to uh, <laughs> adjust the volume controls on the intro music. Apologies to everybody whose speakers uh, I have blown out over these previous episodes. <laughs> Hopefully I have got that adjusted and corrected on this most recent one. So uh just wanted to put that out there. And as I go into this uh to this episode, you know, I've been thinking and uh, of course, it, as everybody knows that tunes in, I am thinking a lot about the future and solutions, right? I want to be very solution oriented and having these discussions and get to thinking about all the different ways that you could really correct things long term, you know, cuz there's I kind of think of things in stages of the of the real long term future and then working backwards, you know, that more to that reverse engineering of success of okay, where do we want to go long term? How do we get there, right? And I certainly think UBI plays a part of it. Uh, but there's there's the other thing that you know I think should be addressed is you have seen wages over the years stagnate. You know the the bottom line for a lot of people hasn't moved up for very far at all. And at the same time, you see CEO pays and top executives maybe they operate under a different title than CEO, whatever it may be. You see within that realm, that segment of society, exponential growth, right? The numbers are, are drastically increasing on one end and staying damn near flat on the other. And so when you look at capitalism, a lot of the things I think are good about capitalism, you know, free markets and the ability to make a choice with what you're doing, where you spend your money, and those kinds of things. I don't I don't look at those things as a bad thing, right? There's some good there, and some might say a lot of good. But there's also some bad with it as well. And circling back to things that I've covered previously but still remain true, is the biggest issues that I see with capitalism is the exploitation and the spiraling upward of greed, if you will, that is really uncontained. There's nothing in the system that's going to put a a stop to the greed, right? And if it's human nature that people will be greedy and move towards that, then the question is, where does where does the correction come within the frameworks of the system that we have to kind of hold that in check, right? And so when I think about that, and this is something I've had kind of in the back of my head for a long time, but I think the best way that you could combat that would be to instill a ratio, a salary cap ratio that applies to everybody. And people are like, well, that's crazy, right? Within the frameworks of the marketplace and how that works. 
But if you think about salary caps like in sports, for instance, right, the idea of the salary cap is to create a more level playing field for everybody involved. Interesting, right? So the way that I would see that working, and I think you could work on the ratios of what I have in mind, but I think 100 to 1 is a good one, right? Because let's not fool ourselves. It's not easy running an entire corporation or a company, right? Those things are hard decision-making that has to be in. There's a lot that goes into it, especially if you're doing your job well, which not all CEOs are, by the way. It's, they've given obscene amounts of money to people that really haven't deserved it, you know, historically. But aside from that, you know, it's running a company is not easy. It's it's There's a lot to it. And it shouldn't be looked at like the job is just easy or anybody could do it, right? There's a reason they pay the people as much as they do. However, with that being said, there's only so much more value that they can bring to the position than what the bottommost person would. And again, greed will spiral uncontrolled if there's nothing in place within the frameworks of the system to cap that greed. And so when you do 100 to 1 as the ratio, what I mean by that is that whatever you're paying your topmost employee, and it should be written in a way, you know, if it was to become a law, that kind of thing, it should be written in a way where it takes all measures of the compensation into account. Stocks, shares in the company for privately owned, whatever it may be. There's there's going to be different ways to compensate a CEO, and all of them should be taken into account. And it's CEOs, board of directors, anybody that's making a profit from that company, 100 to 1. You can't make more than 100 times what you pay your bottommost employee. And bottommost employee would be anybody that's working with the company directly or indirectly. Right, Because, again, you want to close the loopholes in the way that it's structured. So that means if you're paying somebody as a contract worker, temporary worker, whatever measure that might be instilled by a corporation to circumvent that, they should all be considered employees. right? So they're, they're never getting away from that ratio of the 100 to 1. And so... If you can't make more than a hundred times what you're paying your bottommost employee, you want to raise. You got to give everybody at the bottom a raise too, so that the top and the bottom, the bottom of an organization, are tethered in together. You know, and when you do that, you're going to raise salaries on the bottom because those people at the top are going to want their money, right? And I was kind of doing the math on this, it just kind of. You know, and this really works for CEOs across the board. There's a ton of them out there making a ton of money. Uh, but when you look at it uh, as an example, I I looked at the Google CEO had just recently signed a three-year contract. And if you took the payment of that three-year contract, broke that down to a yearly basis of what he's averaging on that, again, taking all measures of compensation into account, and you put the 101 ratio into effect on it, it would make Google's bottommost employee working at an average of $373 an hour. <laughs> Which is crazy, right? So the natural reaction to that is going to be, 
there's no way we could afford that, right? Of course they're going to say that, because I don't think realistically that Google could employ people for $373 an hour. But if you can't do that, perhaps that means your CEO is overpaid, right? He might be doing a great job. They might be doing a lot of innovative things. That's great, right? But a 100 to 1 ratio puts your bottommost employee at $373 an hour. If you can afford that, that top's got to come down some, right? And so what I think you would happen, or what I think would happen over time with that in place, is that you would find the equilibrium. You would find out how much employees or companies can really afford to pay employees, because they're going to want just as much as they can squeeze out for themselves, right? Because, again, that greed factor is always at work. And so, in doing that, you raise wages across the board, right? And people will, you know, the the I, the counter-arguments I would expect to see from that are, you know, the talk of inflation and those kinds of things. But inflation would only work so much or, you know, come into play so much because, again, because you have the top tethered to the bottom, they raise their prices so they can pay more or so they can get paid more. They've got to take all their employees with them, you know, so they can't really get away from it because it's based on a mathematical ratio versus any kind of fixed number, you know, and, uh, I I think it would solve some more problems, you know. It puts a cap to that greed. I think that's a way to instill a cap on the greed into the system to correct what, to this point, has not been corrected within the capitalist framework. You know, uh, capitalism doesn't have it right now. And because of that, you see a lot of crazy shit happening, you know. And so if you had that natural boundary set within it, you're still going to have greed, right? Greed's not going away. And it acknowledges that greed is going to continue to exist, but you don't let it get too far out of hand, right? Not not more than the 100 to 1 ratio, you know? And so, I just think it could help. I think it's an idea that we haven't seen much of, and I think it's one that could really fix a lot of problems. Because people always look to the past to people that have come with solutions to fix things. You know, Karl Marx was one of capitalism's biggest, you know, critics, famous critics, right? And, you know, the start of communism and all those kinds of things, right? But I don't think his solutions necessarily worked. I think the criticisms that he has are largely, absolutely legitimate, you know? Um, But at the same time, he foresaw a world where there was no personal property and those kinds of things. And I think when you start talking about those kind of, that kind of concept is that you're working too intrinsically against what human nature is, right? I don't think every, humans would ever go to that completely or could, right, within their nature. You know, and who knows, maybe in evolution's sake, 500 years from now, maybe, maybe we're to that level, you know, um, we're years and years and years and generations and generations living under a world that's been built anew, you know, with all these new things in place. Maybe we could get to that point to where property didn't matter and everything was community and shared and, and those kinds of things. I just, 
that we're real far off from that, I think, you know, and I think in the meantime, if we're not going to be there, then we should start working towards the things or correcting the things that are in place that could really work and be instilled, right? Because that's the other thing as well, is that you have to make it an actionable plan that that makes sense that people would be accepting of, right? Um, because if you don't have that, then you're just talking pipe dreams. Or if you're talking about something that's not sustainable in the sense of what people would be willing to accept for themselves, right? And right now, we accept a lot of crazy shit as it is. But there's still that sense of freedom, even if you don't have it. Because sometimes that freedom is an illusion, you know? Because if you don't have time to go out and enjoy your life, you know, how free are you really in the first place, you know? Uh, which is certainly a good conversation to have. How free are we, right? If all your time is dedicated to making enough money to pay bills, to keep the roof over your head, to keep food on the table, and you don't have time for anything else, is that freedom? It's debatable, you know? But we could certainly work towards moving to, uh, towards a, a world that people were a lot more free than what they are. And I think instilling that kind of thing would certainly aid in that. And we would certainly find the equilibriums that companies could actually afford. You know, you would find out how much Walmart could really afford to pay its employees. You could find how much out how much McDonald's and Nike were willing to pay their employees, you know. Um, and things might get a little bit more expensive. Like, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be inflationary uh, to a certain degree. But whatever that inflationary aspect of it is wouldn't be outpaced by the amount that people were pay getting paid to go work, you know, because everybody was getting a lot fairer wages in there, you know. Um, it, and CEOs would only be able to be so greedy. And if they if they want to be real greedy, the employees that worked for them were going to be real paid. And that was just the way that it is, you know. Um, but those people are going to go out uh, that work for those companies. They're going to go out and they're going to go spend money. And hell, if if you've got a lot of excess, you're probably going to go spend a lot, right? And so then, you know, going back to the movement of money, now everything's moving, you know. And because you're pulling those resources more from the top now, and it's not being just pulled to the top and that where it stagnates, because that move, money is moving constantly, the economy is working better for everybody when that happens. You know, people are going out... Uh, just money's moving everywhere, you know. It's uh, it's just another way of of really helping out. Yeah, something uh, you know, one of those rising tide types of situations, to where everybody is helped out in the process, you know. And you'll find out how much can these companies really afford to pay people. Well, shit, how greedy does that top want to be? <laughs> you know, it's um, and and we'll keep that cord intact, and you can't go up without taking everybody with you. Which is how it should be anyways, because everybody contributes to the success of that company. CEOs, for all the brilliant decision-making that goes into running a successful company, doesn't get there alone. It can't get there alone. Couldn't possibly do all the jobs necessary to run the operation. That's why they have, you know, 600 employees, 2,000 employees, whatever the number 
it will get really large for for some of the employers out there, right? And so it just keeps everything on a more level basis. And you get a much stronger middle class because that's the other thing too. Uh, the The middle class in America has been deteriorating for decades now. It's it's slowly caramel in a way to where you know it kind of exists, but not really, right? And that that would be some uh, a way to to drastically reinvigorate the middle class in this country. And really, if you're if you're including overseas employees it really drastically increases then and you know maybe you you don't see the demand for it because then the labor aspect of it doesn't really make sense because again they're trying to exploit people overseas when they're when they're uh you know going overseas to get products made and call center work and all those kinds of things if that exploitation isn't in place or the if they're not incentivized to exploit people overseas you bring more jobs back to the country and it starts one of those things like i think people matter everywhere right i think all life is sacred wherever it happens to be taking place at you know or wherever a person came into existence here on this earth in the situation that they find themselves in it matters everywhere right Uh, but i do think that you have to take care of home first before you can worry too much about anything else but I think there would be a natural outgrowth of that, of charity. And, you know, maybe families would come back, work in the U.S. for a little while, and then go back home, start their own businesses. You know, it could, you know, there's there's no telling how that ends up, really. And, you know, there might be some unintended consequences that I'm not thinking about, you know. It's, uh, it's why they're called unintended consequences in the first place, right? But I, th- I think it would be a good idea, and it, I ha- I'm hard-pressed to find anything, you know, when I kind of explore that thought in my head of seeing any uh, downside to it, right? Um, or not much downside, not not any downside that would be outweighed by the benefit, you know? it's um, And again, you're not telling anybody. You're not capped at an artificial number. You can't make above X amount of dollars. That kind of thing, because I think people intrinsically hate that kind of concept of of the freedom being removed from them to go make however much they wanted to make. You can go make whatever you want. You just got to take everybody with you in the process. You know. Oh, we're not all in this together, <laughs> right? We don't all have a stake in in creating that wealth. You know, it holds them accountable. It holds them accountable to the actions being taken. It holds them accountable to their own humanity, you know, even if they want to try to live in denial of it. Because right now, Walmart, uh, basic health care plan is you signing up for Medicare, right? Just fucking crazy. Because that family, the Waltons and, you know, everybody that's connected to them directly, those guys are getting, and women too, I mean, it's, it's you know, I say guys is talking about a group. It's not actually a sexist term, but uh, they're all getting paid. <laughs> they're getting paid crazy amounts, you know, uh, and their employees aren't saying it, right? And you could point to any number of them, uh, of companies that do that. And you go look at Walmart overseas in Europe where they have strong unions and employees over there get paid a lot more. Uh, 
So it's not that they can't afford it. You know, that that it can't afford it is the bullshit. And again, going back to the ratio, right, you'll find out what they can afford. They'll show you at that point because they know they can't get away. You know, it ties them to it. And I think that bond, if you if it was written correctly, would be so strong, you know, of that tied to the top to the bottom that you would see you would see wages for employees skyrocket, right? Everybody would get paid a lot more. And to everybody's benefit. Because again, you know, I'm sure it's inflationary to a certain degree, but only by so much. And that movie's going to be, the money's going to be moving around a whole lot more. And the velocity of that money in place and in action, you know, it's no longer stagnant water, right? It's a river (laughs) with a strong flow. And it's to everybody's benefit when it's moving like that, you know, for reasons I've addressed previously, you know, it's, uh, so yeah, it's it's an idea I like and and one I wouldn't mind seeing to come to fruition. And really, you know, I, I also like to go on thought exercises, right? And there's there's also the idea that and it's kind of unrelated, but not at the same time, right? But there's this idea that wherever life can happen, life will happen. There's little carbon balls, if you will, seeds maybe, um, floating around that still hit Earth right now. Like they're floating around out in outer space and they just they just hit planets, right? And I don't think that's coincidental, you know? It's, if you look at Earth, every life form that I'm aware of is carbon-based, you know? And maybe there's some exceptions out there that I'm just not aware of, you know? It's... Uh, I don't have a a degree in biology, right? But we are carbon-based life forms, vast, vast majority. It's all life that I that I'm aware of on Earth is carbon-based. It has that ability to form bonds, right? It's it's very predispos- predisposed to uh, forming long bond chains that are just the, the things that are great for building life. And so if you've got those pure carbon particles floating around in space, if that happens everywhere, then basically anywhere that life can happen, it will happen. But the planets, the planets that those seeds land on might look vastly different from Earth, right? But if it's still self-sustaining for life, if it wasn't in a situation where you'd have to have like maybe hunter gatherer, like if it was all just fruit trees there and in an abundance, what would life look like then? You know, how would it evolve if you had, you know, a higher species? Because you know, there's there's that idea of if life can happen, it will happen. Taking a step further is if if you have that, is life predisposed towards? intelligence in the same way that humans have come to be on earth you know if it's a if it's a planet with really really uh nurturing environment you know the same way that the earth is very nurturing environment to life it's very alive as a planet you know with the oceans and the trees and everything that's on it you know this this planet is full of life and it's purest form really right and so if life finds its way of carbon finds itself onto those same full life type of planets uh, 
is life predisposed towards moving towards higher intelligence? You know, the same way that it has here on Earth, right? If that higher intelligence is, is faced with a different environment, perhaps one less violent, you know, you're not chasing animals down to hunt and kill them and eat them kind of thing, you know, as early hunting gatherers in life here on Earth were. What does that look like, you know? And, and so, so much of those things come down to a nature versus nurture kind of situation. But then there's the idea of the power of choice, right, as we move along. Because, you know, it's different times now than what was given to our ancestors, obviously. You know, it's, uh, it's just interesting. It's interesting to think about what does that look like, you know, on those, all those different scenarios that could possibly be playing out in other galaxies right now. And not even necessarily other galaxies. There's a planet that's just like Earth on the other side of the Milky Way. We wouldn't know it, you know. It's um, probably be really, really hard to detect. Who knows what that looks like? Who knows what life plays out? And so much of where we're at today really just comes down to choice, right? And so what do we choose? What do you choose with your daily life? What do you choose when you interact with people and how you relate to them? What your mindset is? What level of respect do you give to others? What level of yourself do you see in the people around you and everyone you interact with? So much things comes down to choice. We have a choice to do better in this life. And we have a choice to collectively do better for this world. What does that look like? What's our own evolutionary story for where we go? When does our humanity catch up with our technology? You know, that's really the question. And I hope there's planets out there that have figured it out. You know, it's, um, I really do. And no one knows what happens when you die. Anybody that claims to know, you know, you know, maybe they've had better insight, near-death experiences and those kinds of things than what the vast majority of people have had. Who knows? But even then, you know, you catch a glimpse. But do you see the whole thing? Not sure how it all plays out. But there's infinite possibilities out there going on right now that we don't see. You know, maybe it's a Fermi paradox kind of thing of, where is it at? I don't see it. You know, why haven't they found us? They might just be driving right past, you know. Or maybe they're already here and just not telling us. Who knows, you know. Again, there's almost infinite possibilities out there within the universe. But when we wake up in the morning, we've got this choice, you know, of what we do with our days, what we do with our time collectively what that looks like over the days and years as they all add up and you know let's let's move for something better in doing so let's strive for the things that will make a difference for those generations to come and i'm going to keep on putting out ideas out there that i think will help make it better and i know in time enough people will hear this you know to where it becomes more than just a podcast that i'm doing to where it can become a movement, you know? And I envision great things, not only for just the podcast itself, you know, but going back to envisioning for the future, I envision 
different ways of, of expounding on these ideas that I talk about on the podcast and really put an action to them, you know, and starting to organize things and get people together and moving in that unison, moving in a direction all at once, you know, because if I don't do it, who will, right? <laughs> you know? It's just a question I ask for myself, you know, but it's largely a motivation for having the podcast, for having this conversation with everybody out there in the world that's that's hearing this, you know. I see y'all, and I appreciate y'all, I love y'all, and I want to keep on developing the ideas and really working towards real positive change, something that's tangible in this world. Because the idea is always going to be bigger than me, you know. I put the responsibility on myself and you know growing up it was uh, it was an idea that was overwhelming you know <laughs> like man you can't change the world or it's not on you to change the world but there's part of me that always felt like nah, it's it's kind of my responsibility cuz if i don't who the fuck will you know and it's been a driving force in my life and my outlook in a lot of different ways and I've I've searched long for that answer, you know, and and now in in this point in my life, uh, you know, if I've, it feels like I'm looking at it, like this is it, this is it. You live in a time where you can reach out and communicate with the entire world, and and people will listen. And if you keep on doing it enough, more and more people are gonna hear you. More and more people are gonna tell their friends. More and more people are going to tune in to the ideas. You're not tuning in to me. I mean, you are. I'm just a vessel, though, you know? The ideas are bigger than me. The movement is bigger than me. It's about future generations. It's about kids I'll never meet, never know, and still be to their benefit, right? And that's important to me. It's important to... To have that, to leave that legacy behind, that's this tsunami of positivity that that can't be stopped. And when it comes crashing in, it's going to change everything, right? But it's not going to devastate. It's, it's going to be the opposite of that. It's going to be this overwhelming wave of positivity that, that changes everything when it happens. And I'm dedicated to seeing it through to the end, you know? At least with my time here on earth, I'm going to do everything that I can to keep on pushing that and and do all that I can to bring it about and to see it to fruition. If not for myself, if not in this lifetime, to leave enough legacy behind for everybody that comes and follows behind me on this world and passing through this realm, whatever this life is, right? Because we don't really know, you know? Uh, but I've always felt this inner responsibility to go out there and make a change and to make an impact in a way that really and truly mattered, you know, and to do what I can to make this place better, right? And it's not about me. It's not for just myself, you know. I don't, I don't operate with selfish reasons when I say that. Like uh, I want to see it for everybody, and that's that's real. You know, and so I thank y'all. I thank y'all for tuning in. I thank you for the continued support, the continued attention. 
Thank you for going out and sharing this with your friends when you hear it. Thank you for helping spread that love that radiates from within, you know, and and I try to spread that outward. Let that love continue to spread. Let it continue to move outward. Let more and more people hear this and be part of that movement, you know, because the more people paying attention, the more power that gets joined in to the ideas behind this. And as that power grows, that power is going to radiate, you know. And just by paying attention to the words, just by hearing the message, you help to partake in it. You help to grow that into something bigger than any one individual that takes part in it, you know. And I'm just a vessel, y'all. <laughs> it's I'm not better than anybody else. I stay humble at all times and, and do my best to to really understand that this is not about me, but it is about this planet, and it is about this world, and it is about making this place far better than anybody believes in this modern day that it could be, you know? And it's bubbling up. I think more and more people are tuning in to that message, to that idea that it can indeed be better, and that it needs to be better. You know, for as shitty as things are right now, for as crazy as the housing markets are, for as crazy as it looks at the gas pump when you're filling up your car, for as crazy as all the environmental impact that's going on and all the changes that we're seeing, you know, the crazy storms and everything else, for all the madness that's going on right now, it does not have to last. We can and will achieve a better world just as soon as we want one. We just got to go out there and get it, y'all. So, again, thank y'all for joining in the movement. I'm out for now, but I love y'all, and and I will talk to y'all soon. All right? Peace.